Hello and welcome everyone. It's September 2015. I'm Andy Lichtenheld and you're listening to eMigCast episode number 10. So first things first, our apologies for the late release this month. We ran into some technical difficulties with our publishing, but we're back, or rather, we never went away. We think you'll agree that it's worth the wait. Today we get to talk with Dr. Nicole DiOrio. Dr. DiOrio is a professor of emergency medicine and an assistant dean for undergraduate medical, medical education here at Oregon Health and Science University. She also has over a decade of experience working with medical students who are going into emergency medicine. And today she's going to be our tour guide as we take a road trip down the path of a medical student interested in emergency medicine. We'll stop at all the important landmarks along the way, we'll answer many common questions, and generally seek to dispel the mists of uncertainty wherever we encounter them. So without further ado, let's get started. So I was hoping that you could introduce us to yourself a little bit more and tell us a little bit about the different roles that you fill here at OHSU. Okay, great, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do a lot of medical student advising and have had that role at OHSU for about 12 or 13 years. Um, and it's definitely one of the favorite parts of my job, seeing students come through as brand new MS1s and finally, graduating and launched out into their careers as emergency medicine residents, so that's been really rewarding. I think what we're hoping to do is to kind of take a little bit of a road map, like a virtual tour through the medical student experience mm-hmm. uh, for medical students who are interested in emergency medicine. So sort of starting off with uh, the MS1 year, I think, I think for me and for a lot of my classmates, it seems like probably a common experience for students is, you know, they've put in all this work ahead of time, they've sat through a lot of classes, taken a lot of tests, they come to medical school and they're really excited to like get in the emergency room and, you know, start doing medicine. Mm -hmm. And it can probably be a little bit frustrating for people to find that they're actually their main job is to sit in class and take tests. What are some ways that people can kind of still stay connected to the thing that brought them here in the first place while they're doing that? Yeah, I think you hit on a challenge, not just, uh, I mean, I think every medical student struggles with that, but the fact that emergency medicine is typically a rotation that you don't do until the fourth year. um, And so that creates some of its own challenges, which we can talk about as we get farther along in the chronology of uh, what to do when. But on the other hand, it does kind of free you up to be a little more flexible in the first and second year, such that um, there's not a lot that you have to get done in the first and second year in order to um, solidify your interest in EM or be competitive in your interest in EM. So <clears throat> I think that's one message I would want to give, which is um, if you're a first or a second year um, student, you can still just kind of have fun with exploring it as a career at this point. Um, and putting on my sort of program director kind of hat, what we would really want to see from a student in the first and second year is just strong academics. There's no must-dos in the preclinical years. Um, But that having been said, I think there are some things that you can do um, 
to have fun with it and to kind of keep your eye on the prize while you're slogging through classes and boards, um, like you mentioned. So um, the emergency medicine interest group is one excellent example. Um, I think most medical schools have one, um, and usually a commonality is putting on different um, labs and speakers and panels. So even if your um, schedule is just such that you can attend a drop-in event here and there through the year, that's a great way to um, first just remember why you're in medicine to begin with, um, second to um, just have some fun with some of the events. Third, start to get to know some of the people that are putting on the events and um, figure out if these are the kind of people you could see yourself as colleagues with eventually. Um, so I think interest groups are a great way to go there. Um, if you feel like you want to start adding some leadership experience to your portfolio, um, it's easy to get involved in interest group leadership in that way. Um, and depending on the school, so at OHSU we don't have a ton of um, opportunities for students to like shadow in the emergency department. Certainly we have emergency medicine preceptors that again are a great way to just kind of start to get to know the specialty. Um, and just kind of networking and um, asking around uh, um, Emergency medicine residents are um, usually pretty approachable and really interested in helping out students, so maybe you could start forming some mentoring relationships with them. I wonder, you mentioned uh, also focusing on academics in, those, in the first year. Are there any, as, as people try to sort of balance that with their other interests, do you mm -hmm. have any advice for people? Like are there, you know, grade cut points that people should be aiming for if they if they think that they want to do emergency medicine? Is there anything that people are going to look back and say like, oh, you know, those, your grades in your first year, you know, really should be better or uh, is it not, is that not so important? Um, so it's um, really kind of a mix. I don't think that in emergency medicine people would say that, oh, you must get a certain number of honors in your first or second year or it's critical that you ace um, anatomy um, here with our grading system um, it would certainly be fine to simply pass all your preclinical courses and I wouldn't say that for our field um, it's as rigid as that, but the kind of dichotomy is that we do put emphasis on board scores and we know that the grades for um, your preclinical courses do often reflect how well you're gonna do on the boards. So uh, you can't just coast by the first and second year, but if you um, are not getting all honors in first and second year, that's fine as well. Um, Certainly, if um, you have a not pass grade in a class, uh, that's going to be a, a hurdle, although not insurmountable, because I would say that um, in general, the um, third year grade or clerkship grades and certainly your EM grades would count more heavily than your first and second year grades. And then I think kind of the last thing I was thinking about with the first year is I know for a lot of students, um, 
who have, you know, I guess the more traditional academic calendar where they have that first summer off between first and second mm -hmm. year, there can be a lot of discussion about, you know, what should I do with that summer? Do I need to mm -hmm. do something? Should I take time off and travel or just, you know, watch TV? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any advice for students about that first, first summer? Um, yeah, the great thing about that summer is you can really feel like you can do what with it what you need to. So um, it's definitely not the expectation that everyone fills it with research or some significant clinical um, experience. And some people just really um, need, for wellness reasons, to not do anything medically related that summer, and that's fine. Um, we do expect at the end of the day people to have um, a moderately robust CV in terms of, like I said before, leadership activities. It's nice to demonstrate a commitment to um, service, especially underserved um, or vulnerable um, people in some way, but you don't necessarily have to get it done in that summer. Um, it, it's often a nice way to start um, uh, sowing the seeds of that, but it's not um, it's not hard and fast. Um, again, we're not one of those fields where um, research is a 100% must or um, you have to start knowing that you're going into emergency medicine by the end of the first year. It's not the case at all. That was a lot of great information about the first year of medical school. Let's go ahead and recap what we've learned so far. So first of all, it's good to know that there, in general, is not a lot that you absolutely have to get done as a first or second year medical student, and you can really sort of approach it with the idea of having fun and exploring emergency medicine as a career. There are no absolute must-dos, but if you're thinking about keeping your eyes on the prize of eventually ending up in an emergency medicine residency, some things to consider are getting involved with your emergency medicine interest group at your school, even considering an interest group leadership role and forming mentorship roles with emergency medicine residents or physicians at your medical school. When it comes to preclinical grades, there's no rigid requirement, but grades do tend to predict board scores. So for that reason in particular, it's good to do as well as you can in your preclinical courses. Not passing a course is a hurdle, but not an insurmountable one. And when it comes to the MS1 summer, the summer after your first year of medical school, you can really do whatever you want. Of course, bearing in mind that at some point you're going to have to have experiences on your CV, and first year summer can be a time to start to put that together, but you don't absolutely need to do it now. How about as, as you head into the second year, does that, are there milestones in the second year? So a lot of the you know, same preclinical coursework, um, but kind of as students start to get their feet under them more at school, is there anything that you would advise students to, to look to do differently in their second year? Um, I would say pretty much the advice we just talked about for first year holds true for, um, for second year. Um, hopefully you'll have a little better um, idea of study habits and time management that work for you so you can use the um, precious free time efficiently and maybe starting to build your CV a little bit more. Um, but again, really the priority should be trying to get a good um, preparation for the boards and a good um, foundational science um, background so that you can really shine on the boards where the actual grades and rotations are much more scrutinized. I feel like where students really kind of underestimate the amount of preparation they could be doing for third year is um, in sort of the intangible non-medical knowledge um, 
realms. So um, there's the grading becomes so much more subject, subjective in third year. So it's it's hard to prepare for that in many ways. But on the other hand, here's where I would um, uh, put in a plug for the principles of clinical medicine, um, where you're actually starting to work with uh, preceptors and preparing your practicing your oral presentations. I think that if you really put effort in there um, in the second year that that will um, pay off in ways that you probably don't anticipate when you're still a second year and more focused on the boards. Um, because when you get to be a third year, even if you have all the medical knowledge in the world, if you can't synthesize and articulate it and show your work, you're not going to really impress your faculty and resident evaluators. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think it can be really frustrating and confusing for students to move from this sort of real rigid, objective grading system mm -hmm. they've been in kind of their whole education life to suddenly this world of subjectivity and mm -hmm. um, yeah, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe before we move on to third year, kind of the big stumbling block sitting between second and third year that there is a huge amount of anxiety around, I think, for students is the um, step one, of course. Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a lot of information resources out there about how to prepare for that and study for that, so I don't think we'll get into that, but I wonder, with regard specifically to emergency medicine, mm -hmm. you know, is there a particular score that people should be, you know, setting their sights on? Is there, you know, a, a make or break point? Um, do you have any particular advice for students interested in emergency medicine? Um, sure, so it's, um uh, probably individual programs may have some not really well publicized individual um, cut points, but it's still in the climate that um, uh, it's pretty variable and you can still do all right in the match with a broad range of scores. It's very helpful if your score starts with a two, I will say that. If it's below 200, um, that's going to be a difficult, although not insurmountable, hurdle. Um, and then, of course, the sort of pass rate and averages change every year. If you can score around the national mean, um, that's really not going to close too many doors and is definitely a workable score. Um, you shouldn't feel like you have to shoot for, like, the 260s. I would say probably, and, you know, really probably the better um, source to go to for this is the Careers in Medicine AAMC website where it shows, like, the characteristics of matched students, including board scores. Um, but I would say if you're right now in the current um, climate, if you're in the 230s, 240s, that's a very respectable score, and you definitely don't have anything to worry about with that. Um, but even with lower scores, um, again, we could kind of work with that, and if you have strengths in other areas of your application, um, that's definitely not a deal breaker. The other question I had about second year that I think that can come up for folks, at least I know here at OHSU and I would assume at other schools too, is um, students are asked at some point to kind of put out their ideas for what they want their schedule of their third years to mm -hmm. be. And I think I know when I went through that, there it felt like there wasn't a lot of information out there and maybe there was some critical you know, I needed to do internal medicine before OB or, and is there anything like that? Like, does the order of the clerkships in the third year matter at all? Or is it pretty much, is there a lot of flexibility and students can just do what works for them? 
Yeah, that's a good question and probably a common question because finally this is the first time where you guys start to have some yeah. control and individualization of your schedule. Although I do have to say that it probably doesn't matter from a strategy or preparation point of view. Um, I think everybody knows that's going to be reading an application that you get stronger over the third year and your grades are probably going to be a little bit lower on the beginning rotations than they are by the end. So um, I don't, I think you can just do what works the best for you in terms of um, how you're scheduling the rest of your life over that year and um, what you'd like to do first or second. I don't think there's a right answer there. Let's go back and recap what we just learned about the MS2 year. First of all, the same general advice for the MS1 year holds true in your second year of medical school as well. You're going to start thinking about your CV and how that applies to your residency application, but your main focus should really still be on your coursework because that's what's going to best prepare you for the boards and for the wards. Dr. Diorio pointed out that she thinks students underestimate the amount of preparation they could be doing for the intangible skills that are really going to be what gets you by and sets you apart in your third year of medical school. At our school, we have a class called Principles of Clinical Medicine, but I think most students probably have some sort of way that they interact with the preceptor in their first and second year. That is just an invaluable time to work on things like oral presentations and also just how to interact with and and work with attendings and residents because those are going to be the things that you rely on as you move from the objective grading system of your second year into the more subjective world of your third year medical school when also your grades start to really matter. When it comes to board scores in particular, anything below 200 is a hurdle but not insurmountable and if you score somewhere around the national mean that won't close any doors to you. Uh, We'll go ahead and link to the AAMC charting outcomes in the match report, which is really just an incredibly exhaustive breakdown of board scores and how they relate to different specialties and all sorts of other metrics. That link will be in the show notes. You can check it out. When it comes to starting to schedule your third year, it's an exciting time. You finally get some say in what you're doing. It's good to know that the order doesn't really matter. So as we move into the third year, do you have any advice for students kind of how they might approach this kind of broad range of clerkships that doesn't actually have emergency medicine in it? Um, Well, I think the nice thing about emergency medicine in general is it encompasses pretty much every other specialty. So I find that even if a student knows they want to go into emergency medicine, they're still going to find something they can um, learn and take from every single other rotation. Um, It might be something so obvious as you're going down to the emergency department to do consults or admit patients, Um, but even if that's not the case, uh, it's always going to be helpful to know um, what happens to someone after they're admitted with um, XYZ problems or, um, you know, uh, so much of emergency medicine is dealing with um, consultants and other services, so learning um, how to talk like a surgeon or what surgeons find um, important um, in a presentation. I mean, you're going to take all those skills with you. Even if you enter third year not knowing that you might want to do emergency medicine, again, there's still a lot you can learn from each individual rotation. So I just remember very clearly a branch point in my own career was Uh, wow, I do not want a clinic-based specialty for my own um, career. And that um, 
that kind of came through even really early on in third year for me. So even though I had no experience with emergency medicine before that, um, I pretty much knew I should be thinking about um, some of the careers like um, uh, surgery, any of the surgical subspecialties, emergency medicine. So there's a lot of branch points, even if you think, wow, I just really hated that rotation that I did. Stop and think about, well, what was it about that rotation that you um, hated and can then help extrapolate and narrow down your um, career choices. I would say that if you're thinking about emergency medicine, um, most uh, programs probably play, place a little more emphasis on how well you do on um, medicine, surgery, probably peds and OB, um, less so neurology um, or psychiatry or um, family medicine. But uh, really, you should just be trying to do as well as you can in any of your rotations. Yeah. Yeah, and I've appreciated it. I think it's you're kind of lucky if you're interested in emergency medicine because it's like a handle to get you interested mm -hmm. in almost anything you're doing. And the thing that I found is that that can be a good way. In my third year experience so far, I found you're kind of always trying to get uh, directed feedback from people. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to people and, and tell them, you know, um, that you're interested in emergency medicine, that can be a good way to kind of focus down on, you know, particular aspects of management of whatever that specialty is and to get good sort of directed feedback and good teaching. I found that like a useful, useful tool. Yeah, that's a great trigger because believe me, everyone has an opinion about emergency right. medicine. Right. <laughs> and so uh, whether that's motivated by wow, I really wish that whenever I came down to the emergency department, they right. could do X, Y, Z. I mean, that's great to know. You really want to make your interactions with other services be really um, seamless. So I think that's a very wise um, strategy. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and then you mentioned grades a little bit, and I'm mm -hmm. wondering, so as we talked a little bit about the mm -hmm. subjectivity, but as you get out into the third year and clerkships, mm -hmm. does it sounds like students' approach to grades is a little bit different maybe than in the first two years. It's maybe a little bit more important. Is that true? Or? Um, yeah, so obviously we're working on the assumption that everyone's always working as hard as they can and trying to get the best <laughs> grades they can, they can. So I know it's a little bit um, naive for me to say, well, now third year really <laughs> start trying hard because I know it's... Uh, it's really a grueling process for people, but I would say for students maybe that um, didn't shine as much in first and second year um, to not lose hope that um, it's really more the third year grades that I think, and, I, and I'm pretty sure most program directors would think, would predict your performance as an EM um, resident because so much of what we do is about um, common sense, practical thinking, forming quick bonds with patients, being a team player, and that's so much more reflected in your um, third year evaluations than anything you might see from first and second year. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You definitely um, would rather be the student who's, I mean, there's no perfect applicant. You'd much rather be the applicant who's um, maybe medical knowledge is weaker, but boy, can you rely on them and trust them than the person who's um, brilliant but kind of a jerk. That's much harder to overcome. So. 
And what about, are there other, you kind of spoke to this a little bit with talking about branch points, but what are other good goals, either like clinical or thinking about career development type stuff? Are there other good goals as you're going through your third year? Um, I think third year you should just really be challenging yourself to feel like you're the patient's physician. So different rotations are going to give you different levels of um, independence, but even if you're put in a situation that really ends up being unfortunately more of an observational situation, I would still challenge you guys to um, think uh, what you would do if you were in charge of that patient. Um, even if it ends up being totally wrong, <laughs> it's a good idea to just get used to um, committing. Um, and trying to get comfortable with that because um, often if uh, emergency medicine is your first rotation fourth year that might be the first time you're expected to act sort of as an intern or a sub intern and people are going to um, expect that of you it's best not for that not to be the first time you ever have to put yourself in that role um, especially because once you get into the ED you're going to be expected to come up with that assessment and plan much more quickly than probably you were on the wards. So it's uh, just better to get into that habit sooner rather than later. It's probably one of the best things you can take out of third year. Start thinking of yourself as the patient's doctor, even if it's just in your head. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. That's a very challenging thing I have found. Uh, and how, so I think some more specific questions that I think come up for a lot of students probably are, what about um, an elective? So is doing an emergency medicine elective an important thing? Um, yeah, that's another really common, um, common question. So our structure here at least is, um, it's, not, it's not a must do, it's not critical. Um, I feel like the importance of a third year elective is really more for the student and it's not a strategic decision. So um, if you're going through and you really feel like you've had no experience in the ED or really don't have a good grasp um, of what emergency medicine looks like practically and you're trying to choose uh, maybe from several fields, then I think an EM elective is a great idea at that point because it might help sort of rule it in or, or out as a specialty that you might be interested in. If you're pretty sure you're going to do emergency medicine, I wouldn't say it's quite as valuable because you're going to have to do the fourth year sort of official sub-internship anyway. So it kind of kind of depends, I think, on where the student is on the specialty choice readiness. Um, but it's definitely not anything a program director is going to look at and say, well, why didn't you fill that space with yet another emergency medicine rotation? Mm -hmm. So I guess as students start to think ahead to doing that sub uh, emergency medicine sub internship mm -hmm. in their third year, and they're kind the the those scheduling requirements start to um, come upon you. Mm -hmm. It seems like one thing that a lot of students in emergency medicine do is uh, an away rotation at another institution. Mm -hmm. And is that important? And and if so, are, what are the ways that like how would a student make that choice? Like how would they go about deciding? where to apply to to do that away rotation. Yeah, so I think the away rotation is, um, I wouldn't go so far as to call it uh, mandatory, but if you were able to do everything you could 100% correctly um, to apply, it would include an away rotation. So I understand 
some people might have financial constraints or um, a new baby or family responsibilities, um, in which case we can certainly work around um, that and um, I don't think people should feel like, well, I might, I shouldn't even bother applying if I can't do an away rotation. But I would highly, highly, highly um, recommend it. It's just going to open a lot of doors. Um, and you do need to start thinking about this probably as early as December or January of your third year. So it's good that we're talking about this in the, the third year timeline. Um, it's a really, um, I think, stressful process for students to find an away rotation and programs like VSAS, the visiting student application <laughs> something service is trying to make this more standardized and easier kind of like a mini um, match but you'll find that when you start looking that every program has different application requirements they have a different timeline for when they let you know some people it's first come first serve some people try to um, do it on a merit-based um, selection process so it's tricky so that's why I recommend starting um, like over the winter vacation if you can to start uh, maybe just googling some places you think might be good even if it's just on um, such a preliminary criteria as geography so um, I feel like most students end up probably applying to four or five away rotations. Um, and so getting back to your question of how do you, where do you begin? So um, the SAM website has a rotation catalog on it through the um, student tab. So that's a good way to start. You guys will find that so much of the decision is made by what schools academic calendars line up with our own so that will that's kind of a big dividing point um, and like I said usually most students kind of start to choose just by geography which is fine um, I think uh, people worry like well isn't that kind of a superficial way to end up deciding but it actually does play a big role even in your eventual residency selection choice so I think Students maybe put a little too much um, uh, stress feeling like, wow, this is pretty much how I'm going to end up choosing a residency, and don't I need to make sure I get that very um, special away rotation, and I really put a lot of thought into this. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit of strategy, but it's really not the be-all and end-all. The most important thing is, I would say, try and pick somewhere that feels a little bit different than your home program. So... Um, if you're at a very academic institution, try and get more of a sort of county vibe. Um, some people try, um, like I said, different parts of the country where they think they could be happy. Um, I, I don't think there's one right away rotation for a student. I would say like in the very small minority, like someone is married to someone who's in another city and they pretty much have to match into that city well then of course that's an obvious choice but from a, just a strengthening your application packet um, just performing really solidly in two different rotations is really what you're trying to get out of the rotation and you're going to be able to get another letter of recommendation so pretty much most uh, most other places would fit the bill um, other pieces of advice yeah so it's gonna feel very um, 
unsettling for a couple months where you've got several applications out and they're all on different timelines, but um, really in the end it is not hard to get an acceptable away rotation. It will happen. You just have to kind of trust in the chaotic process. <laughs> that could seem like speak to a lot of the medical school experience. Yes. <laughs> and so it sounds like, so another thing kind of in there, but I just want to um, call it out a little bit more. So I have gotten very earnest advice from people that is both, you know, if you think you want to go somewhere for residency, you have to do an away rotation there, all the way to, if you think you want to go somewhere for residency, you probably shouldn't do an away rotation there because you're going to screw it up and someone's not going to like you and then you're going to ruin the rest of your life. And so it sounds like you're saying that it would make more sense to go somewhere and check it out if that's somewhere you think you're going to be interested in, but not critical or anything like that. Is that true? Um, yeah, that's a good summary. So I, I've heard that advice about don't go there because you can only make it worse for yourself. Um, and I guess I see where people are, are coming from, but I just, I don't, I don't believe in that at all. I feel like if I saw a student and I had rotated with them, and knew them and knew their strengths and weaknesses compared to the same student on paper I would absolutely prefer to have the student that I knew because it's a known entity yeah. I mean I think there's just such a small percentage of sociopathic population that is going right. to make themselves look worse on an away rotation so I don't believe that so I think yes if there's <clears throat> one place that you already know in the middle of your third year is going to be your number one choice for residency, then it makes sense to try and do an away rotation there. But I also don't think most students even know what that is yet. So don't put too much pressure on yourselves. Um, I did want to remember to say one thing about the number of away rotations. I think one is plenty. I, you should definitely not feel like, um, well, if one is great, two is even better. Because I don't think that adds any strategic advantage to the vast majority of applicants. Um, and I kind of feel like you have the rest of your life to do emergency medicine. You should really be making sure you're doing some things fourth year that are a good preparation for internship or something that you'll never have the chance to do again. So um, don't kill yourself just doing rotation after rotation in the end. What about the third year of medical school and the clerkships? Well, when it comes to third year of medical school, the nice thing about being a student going into emergency medicine is that it's a specialty that encompasses and interfaces with all other specialties. So there is important and relevant learning that you can get out of every single clerkship rotation. The third year is also your opportunity to learn about all the different career paths that are available to you. So take advantage of that. EM programs particularly care about how you do on medicine, surgery, pediatrics, and OB. And when it comes to MS3 grades, they tend to predict resident performance more so than the preclinical grades do, and so they tend to be weighted more heavily. So if you had a hard time in the preclinical years, that's okay. Third year is your time to shine. If you did well in the preclinical years, now is not the time to put in the clutch and coast. You still need to apply yourself and do well. A good goal for the third year overall is to challenge yourself to be in the role of being the patient's physician. That's going to be expected of you as an MS4 and for sure as an intern, so you might as well start getting the practice now. When it comes to a third year emergency medicine elective, that can be helpful for some exposure if you're not sure about emergency medicine, but you're interested in it and you need more information, but it certainly isn't needed, not required. 
What about array rotations? Well, those are next to mandatory. They're very, very highly recommended to do at least one away rotation. To do away rotations, you apply through VSAS, and you should really start thinking about that in December and January of your MS3 year. Most students will end up applying to four or five different rotations. SAEM has a rotation tab where you can get more information about the rotations that are out there. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And however you choose a rotation is fine. It can be helpful to rotate someplace that has a different character than your home institution. And if you know where you absolutely want to go, it makes sense for you to do an away rotation there. The whole process can be a little bit unsettling and nerve-wracking, but it works out for people. Well, our road trip is running a little bit long. I think we could all probably use a bathroom break, so we're going to pull over and call it there. We hope you've enjoyed the ride. You've gotten some questions answered, some uncertainty dispelled. Conspicuously absent is the fourth year of medical school. We're not even going to delve into the whole nest of issues there with interviews and ERAS and rank list and all of that. If you're interested in the topic, there is an excellent series of video podcasts over at Academic Life and Emergency Medicine that we highly recommend you check out. It's completely worth it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can head on over there easily. Thanks again for tuning in this month. If you have comments or questions that we didn't cover, come on over to our website at emacast.com. You can post them there. We hope to see you back next month. We're going to close with some final thoughts from Dr. Diorio and some sweet, sweet theme music. We'll talk to you soon. My final take-home messages would be um, don't worry too much first and second year about how you're going to become a good EM applicant. It's just going to be by doing well at the things that you're clearly expected to do well at. So do well enough on your basic sciences. Do well enough on the boards. Don't blow them off. Uh, but don't feel like that if you have gotten to your third year and you're only just starting to think about uh, EM, that it's too late. It's never too late. Um, uh, we have had students change into EM in the summer of their their fourth year, and so that's not insurmountable. Um, I would just say so much of this, I mean, there's a lot of commonalities with advice that we just talked about, but um, really just um, having a mentor that you trust or several people that you can bounce ideas off of um, is a really good thing and I encourage people to just start getting to know people in EM um, as early as you can. Again, they're a great source of advice but also you'll get a handle of on, you know, are these people that I want to spend my career with and I think that really helps a lot when you're trying to finalize that um, that decision. I mean, there's things that you can look up on the internet, but um, you're never going to see a U.S. News and World Report of EM programs, or maybe you will someday, actually, but uh, it's, it's never really going to replace the personalized um, advice. So uh, getting, getting to know people in the field is something that you can always do no matter how far along you are in school. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, you're very welcome. This is a lot of fun, and like I said, it's my favorite part of my job.